Before we jump into the episode, I have to tell you about the newly renovated Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove showroom in Scottsdale. They've partnered with over 16 local designers and cabinet companies, of which I know most of them. I can say that this really helps give the immersive experience for anybody wanting to visualize their future kitchen. It's a place to start, experience, and bring your vision to life. Product experts assist you throughout the entire project, view an array of options, and see them in full-size kitchen vignettes. Turn knobs, open drawers, ignite flames, determine the best fit for you. Chef-led demonstrations provide the opportunity to ask questions of the experts that use them every day. Schedule your appointment at subzero-wolf.com backslash Scottsdale, or you can call 480-921-0900. Growing up in South Africa, there was not a lot of TV. And when I first immigrated, I watched a lot of TV. I remember watching Oprah Winfrey. She um, was interviewing Nate Berkus. I think it was his first interview on her show. And they were talking about how changing a space and designing it and giving it that feel really changes how a person gets up in the morning and starts their day. And I remember listening to that and going, that's exactly what I want to do. It's important that, you know, we love to get back to our clients and show them how we can really change their lives and make it better with designing their spaces. Welcome to the AT Construction Podcast. And today we have Melody Ganji and Clara Brown from House of Four Design in Las Vegas. And it was really exciting to bring them on. They work in the same community, of course, Vegas to Phoenix, and they're working on transforming the entire Vegas community. And they speak a lot about not just their journey, but also the company culture, their dynamic, how they've coordinated their business together and expanded that, how they've grown um, in their business and how now they're opening their own showroom and you know the collaboration in the design community and the builder community. And they speak about Design Camp with Lindsey Brook uh, from Lindsey Brook Design. and what they've learned from that and the collaboration. And it's just amazing content, great entrepreneurship story. They're making huge waves in Vegas. So without further ado, let's get started. So welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast. And today we have Melody Ganji and Clara Brown. Welcome, Melody and Clara. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. We're super excited. Well, same here. So we, well, we'll get back to how we met in just a second here, but uh, just a little background. So House of Four Design, you do some amazing design work. And I know you're doing some incredible things with the business that's coming up that I want to talk about. Um, so Melody is the principal and founder of House of Four Design and Claire's the lead designer. So excited to have you both on. So again, going back, you know, this is a industry thing. You know, we've, uh, you were in town for the Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero had their grand opening, you know, so speak to that kind of what inspired you to come down to Scottsdale just to uh, see what we had going on with Sub-Zero here. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us on, Brad. We've always loved and enjoyed listening to all your podcasts and learned so much from them. So it's such a honor to be invited by you. Um, yeah, the Sub-Zero Wolf event was such an amazing event, and we were lucky enough to be invited by Sub-Zero and Wolf. And, and, you know, we are a huge fan of their brand. We love to include them as much as possible in our projects, and we're excited to see their gorgeous showroom in Scottsdale. And I think a big reason we wanted to come down for, you know, there's the obvious reason we're always big supporters of showrooms and, and products and brands that we use all the time and believe in, but definitely to come and meet people like you and other designers that we, we know there's a bit of a design industry and, and, and community in Scottsdale that we kind of lack in Las Vegas. So anytime we can get out and, and meet people that are like us, we love to. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting to bring that up, Claire, because I think one of the biggest challenges, and I'm sure maybe you both can relate to this, is that for me, when I started my company, and this is pre-social media, it wasn't really big at the time, it was really tough to understand, like, how can I network with other builders? How can I understand how to run my business, right? I, You know, I, there was just a lot of things that I just didn't know. I wish I knew at the time. I didn't know how to collaborate or understand this, whereas now it's more accessible. And what I really love about Sub-Zero Wolf is they're really good about having the showroom, they bring people in, they have designers design all these vignettes. There's a ton of collaboration in the design community. So you mentioned this, I mean, difference of Vegas design community as opposed to Scottsdale. Like, has that been a struggle just for you to collaborate with other designers? And how have you changed that, you know, maybe being limited to an extent there in Vegas? Yeah, I I think there is a limitation in in Las Vegas. And I think that's something that Claire and I both agree on that we would love to bring our community together because um, Vegas is now a big city and we're all busy and hardworking and doing amazing things. But I think it's important that we come together and serve our clients and, you know, help each other. Um, I think I've been lucky enough to meet a lot of amazing designers uh, through Instagram um, and have started a lot of friendships through that um, social platform. And I'm super appreciative of that and got to and got to meet a lot of them. So going up to Scottsdale and, and meeting other designers for an event like Sub-Zero and Wolf um, is always an opportunity that we want to, you know, take advantage of. So how does that differ, you know, meeting in person for you and, and building those relationships as opposed to maybe some of the online stuff, you know, through Instagram and other social media platforms? Um, I just think it's it's great when you can, you know, have someone in the industry that you can reach out to. For example, we were just so lucky enough to be able to attend Design Camp. And they were all designers from beginner designers right through to designers that have had their firms for 20 to 30 years. And you never stop learning. That's the one fun thing about our business is making it better, improving and learning um, new things that you can incorporate in your business to make the process even better, right? And stronger. So having those relationships is important for us. And, you know, it's it's a fun job at the end of the day. It's super hard and hard work and challenging. But at the end of the day, we do it because we really are passionate about it and, and love it. Yeah. And I think it was a full circle moment for Melody, too. You mentioned, you know, she had been friends with Lindsay Brook Design, who puts on Design Camp, mm-hmm. on, you know, friends on Instagram for years. And she said, yeah. I remember when she had 10 followers and I had 10 followers and we were just <laughs> trying to figure things out together. And, and, and Melody mentioned that she said, how'd you get that first job? You know, and it's just funny now. And Melody said, how cool all these years later. Now she's kind of really kind of a pioneer in the design industry for sharing that education and, and sharing the, the cliff notes on how to get there. So I've, I've had Lindsay on the podcast, right? And she's Mm -hmm. super amazing, super inspiring. She's inspired me. I'll get into that on a couple of things, but speak to design camp, you know, for those listening that may not understand what it is, exactly what is the intent, the format, you know, how, you know, how did you become aware and why was it really important that both of you attended? Yeah, well, we were, it's so funny because design camp, they're super successful. And when they put out their tickets because I think they can only do so many sessions a year. Um, ID Co. and Lindsay both host host the design camp. Um, they go super fast. I think Lindsay told me the first one I think was sold out in like 30 seconds. So <laughs> when the most recent one that we attended was advertised through Instagram, um, we saw it on actually Studio McGee's website because um, Shay McGee was a keynote speaker. We immediately clicked on and we were so 
uh, lucky and happy that we were able to get tickets. But Design Camp is, I would say it welcomes anybody and everybody to uh, that you're going to learn. Um, even if you're not a designer or maybe you're in the retail business, that's also a way to learn because they'll cover all topics from systems and processes to running a business, to hiring, to growing your business, to social media. So there's so many you know, subjects and avenues that you might not feel confident on or you can perhaps improve on that they're sharing this information. And honestly, I just I just think it's amazing that they do this and give out so much because for years I I think it was pretty closed off and it was so hard to for designers to figure out how to run a business. There's there's no school that says, okay, this is how you run your design business, right? So I think it's amazing and I definitely encourage anybody that hasn't attended it, if they have the time to attend it, please go for it, you know, because I think you're gonna get so much out of it. So when you were at the camp, Melody and Claire, I mean, you mentioned one one thing I want to not pick apart, but focus on is the confidence, right? Because I think when I started my business, there were a lot of things I lacked confidence in. Maybe it's my sales process, my systems, um, pricing, right? Understanding like value of what I was worth and what I could do. And so the at, over the years, as you understand your business and as you understand you know, different metrics and cost analysis. It's a lot easier to be more confident when you're pricing something and communicating timelines and setting an expectation with clients. Like that's a huge part of it. And unfortunately, unless you've made these mistakes where you go down and you've made these mistakes and now you can stay on confidence because you're like, well, I've already made that mistake. Ideally, you can learn from others that made those mistakes or at least be educated. So, you know, how impactful was that just being there with all these other designers that now are teaching and are living the business just as you are? Super impactful, um, especially for me. I do run the business for House of Four, and I'm always, you know, trying to keep on track with: am I am I pricing out? Am I competitive? Am I, you know, doing everything right there? Um, so I do think that it was really good to hear from other designers um, how they charge for their business, and and if we were to change it, here's another way to look at it, and to maybe try that out and analyze it. I do think that's super important because you do have to evolve with the time, times and what's going on and, and what you're doing for your business. Um, there's some projects that take years and there's others that don't take as long. So you do have to keep that in mind as a business owner. Yeah. Another thing that stood out to me a lot at Design Camp was it is a business and you could tell people that were there because they had a natural talent and they were trying to figure out how to make this a business. Maybe they didn't come with business skills. Melody definitely came into the design business with natural talent and some background in, in running a successful business. So that was a good jumping off point. And there was a lot of women that we met there that were all about the business and it was it was very clear. And then they couldn't figure out why they weren't getting repeat clients and they couldn't figure out why their Instagram wasn't blowing up with the pictures they were taking. It's because they were more focused on how do I make this a, a successful business monetarily as opposed to this is my passion. People come to me and want me to make their space beautiful and I also make money at it. So it was that was an interesting yeah. uh, dynamic. I noticed a lot from women on all levels, people that had been doing it for 10 years and people that had been doing it for one, you could tell uh, yeah. intentions were a big, a big differentiator. Well, it's interesting you say that, Claire. That to, to take this route, you know, this route from the marketing side is it's interesting. And, and Melody, you spoke to this that there's one thing to understand how to run your business. There's another thing if you're a great craftsman in the construction side, or you're a great designer, right? You have great uh, an eye, and and you're super talented. But to connect the two, to understand, okay, there's the the talent side, and then there's the business side, right? How do we correlate and make those 
match. And then Claire mentioned the emotional side. And this is, I think, what many of us miss in how we broadcast our business and how we market it. How do we create this emotional journey? How do we create people that are selling our brand that aren't on our payroll? You know, silent salespeople like, and this is how you connect. And I've seen this very successful in other businesses, but for designers, how do you, you know, inspire that clientele that's watching you, watching House of Four to say, wow, like they get it. Like I want them to do my house. Someday I'm going to have them do my house because like they inspire me. And, you know, when you connect on that level, that really changes the outlook in the business. And I'm sure from there, as long as you have the structure behind it, then you can now build on that. Yeah. It's a lifestyle at the end of the day. And Melody, this is her life, you know, which she always has been very true to her brand, which is her personal home being the jumping off point. And then we can make this happen for you in your home as well. You know, and I, um, you know, not as far along in my life as Melody, but I look up to her and I want to have a house like that. And I want to create a home that is beautiful for the holidays. And I want to have three different pictures, just depending on the the season and, and the tablescape. And that stuff makes people feel special when you can invite people into your home. That's that's why our, our tagline is from our house to your home, because it's <laughs> it, it really is. It's 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 we eat, sleep and breathe this. And you I think you can tell. In our projects. Absolutely. I do remember when um, I'm actually from South Africa. So growing up in South Africa, there was not a lot of TV. And when I first immigrated, I watched a lot of TV. I remember watching Oprah Winfrey. She um, was interviewing Nate Berkus. I think it was his first interview on her show. And they were talking about how changing a space and designing it and giving it that feel really changes how a person gets up in the morning and starts their day. And I remember listening to that and going, that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> it's important that we, you know, we love to get back to our clients and show them how we can really change their lives and make it better with designing their spaces. I love that you share that, Melody. It's interesting because I'm a huge fan of interior designers, as you know, like the interior design community and what they do for me as a builder and, you know, the success of our company and projects, you know, I can definitely uh, pinpoint, you know, certain designers and, and what they've done. But I think more importantly, you know, when I'm speaking to clients and, you know, you mentioned this, this is a pain point from the customer, you know, a customer will say, hey, Brad, you know what, you know, I know what I like. Do I need a designer? Right. And, and what's interesting about that is I've seen this success play firsthand. It's one thing, you know, you can say, well, I know your home down the road, you know, will have better ROI. It'll sell better, you know, having this beautiful home. But something that's often missed is the inspiration, right? People that come home and they're inspired by their home. And I saw this really importantly through COVID, right? Through 2020 and 21, people that love their home, they love the layout, they love the finishes, they were inspired. They There was a lot of distraction. There's a lot of, you know, people that were down, a lot of political distress out there, but these people had these beautiful homes that inspired them. And there, there's something to be said about that. And that's really, it sounds like the core of who both of you are and what inspires you to do what you do today. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We love seeing that. And, you know, you as a designer, we all say this, you know, the reveals are so exciting for us to, to see their reaction. And it's hard to keep secrets from our clients because it's a long process, the remodel process. But um, when there's a few clients that we've got to experience that and we had, I remember during COVID, we were finishing up a project of a really young couple, um, super nice to work with, and they cried, you know, when we did the walkthrough. And it just, for us, it was it was a very scary time. We didn't know what was next gonna happen. And 
and the shortages and everything that were going on. So it was just so inspirational to see that. And I think that made us want to keep going on after seeing that. So. For sure. Well, it's, it's I find funny. it funny, you know, even during the demo process, just because we see it in our minds, how it's going to be at the very end. And sometimes clients have a hard time envisioning that. But we'll walk in and a wall's come down. We're like, there it is. And the client's <laughs> looking at us like we're nuts. And we're like, no, this is all the stepping stones until you get to that final product. It's all exciting. It's it's every phase of it is because it's you're watching an evolution of something that's going to be there for potentially 50 years. You know, if no one ever remodeled again, is it going to hold up? Is it going to make somebody happy? Is it going to stay fresh? You know. So, so it's, what's interesting about that, Clara, how, how often do you think what, I mean, I, I, as a designer, you're thinking end of mind, right? But you do, you both do such a good job with the marketing and the social media, which is the connection point. And so do you often think about as you're going through these designs, like this is an image, this is a shot for later, right? This is going to be an angle. You know, how does that play a role, especially as you're looking, you know, to inspire your clientele and especially, you know, your end portfolio? Oh, it's it's everything. Uh, during design where we can see it, we can see the final photograph. I mean, we we know that it's not only going to be amazing in person, but it is going to photograph well. And that's I mean, I would say the number one marketing tool yeah, that absolutely. we that we live by. It's 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 almost number one, I would say, beyond yeah. just having happy clients, you know? We're always waiting for the, you know, there's always final details that we're waiting for it to come in. And sometimes we, um, it just takes too long. So we'll go ahead and we'll schedule our photographer and bring in those final details ourselves um, so we can get, start getting the shoots done. And, and then we'll go back a second time if there are some major elements that we want to reshoot. Right, if it looks perfect to the naked eye, but not to us. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sometimes we have to say, okay, well, you know, those window treatments are not coming for six months, but yeah. everything else is perfect. And, you know, it'll just be, we can come back and reshoot when everything is. But really kind of staying current, I, I think is important. You know, projects we've done this year, we want to definitely showcase those so people aren't saying, oh, well, it's just the same couple projects, you know, so it's important. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting, you know, I always think about, you know, in our business, I'm sure it's the same for you as a designer, as a contractor, there's, there's a lot of ups and downs, right? There's things that really inspire us for our, our team. You know, we have a lot of wins. And then at the same time, like the reality is you're dealing with, you know, lack of labor, lack of material. I mean, you alluded to this, Clara, you may have a house beautifully done and you're waiting for the window drapery or maybe a sofa or settee or something that hasn't come in yet. Mm -hmm. And so there's these like emotional roller coaster with the client and ourselves. And so, you know, you mentioned that you know, when you see a client get emotional, right, as they come in and they see, you know, the, the work that you've done and the heart that's put into it, you know, what is the most enjoyable part about your career as a designer? Um, obviously, seeing their reaction and just being really proud of our team and everything that we've accomplished together, because these projects, a lot of them take many years now. Um, and we are lucky enough to have clients that are patient and hang in there with us because it's a very emotional process for them as well. Um, so once you finally get to the the end, the finish line, it's obviously very fulfilling um, and, and you know, makes you want to do it again <laughs> over yeah. and over. Uh, it's so funny because we have a couple of clients that really, really enjoy the process. And even though they're busy professionals, they we can tell like they really do love it. And we have a couple of clients that are like, well, maybe I'll sell my house and do it over again. And I'm always like, are you sure? <laughs> it took two to three years to get the final, you know, piece into your home. So um, I think both for us and the clients, it's important that, 
you know, we're all on the same page there because it's it's a, it's it's a long process. Yeah. And for me, putting something on paper that came from our minds and it was just sort of a inspired thought and having that become a reality, that is by far the most rewarding part for myself. Um it's it's really crazy too because a lot of design work you know people think we're running around and looking at fabric samples all day long and the reality is there's a lot of you know autocad drawings and all these things photoshopping and um and redlining architectural drawings and all these other things um that go into it so kind of taking it off uh you know pen and paper and and making it a real kind of tangible livable space that has its own feeling that's that's the rewarding part it's what i imagine like authors that see their books turn into movies like that has to be the same feeling see what's i I love you shared that melody and claire because what's interesting it's one thing to sit there and i could look at your instagram page and see these amazing photos you know, and from the outside, you're like, oh, that's beautiful, very inspiring, but not understanding the blood, sweat, and tears, right? That goes behind the scenes. And speak to the complexity. You kind of alluded to this. They're, they're, your profession is way more complex than picking fabric samples, as the example you gave, right? And mm-hmm. as you're thinking budget, right? And timelines and material shortages, and then the contractor that has to like build your vision and get there. I mean, speak to the complexity of like the day-to-day of things that you know, bring a challenge and struggle to the business as you work to get to that end goal of that photography and amazing video at the, the you know, in that presentation to the client. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, there's hundreds of steps involved on, on the design side and then on the, the actual installation, the construction side of the project, there's literally thousands of steps and we're there right from the beginning um, to the very end. And for years later, I, we still have clients from, you know, 2019, before COVID that we're still finalizing details and, and adding to their projects. So it's a, it's a long drawn out process. And that's why I always do when I talk to my clients, I do let them know, you know, this is not going to happen tomorrow. Um, that's impossible. I, I wish it could. I wish I could click my fingers and do that. And, you know, are you ready to go through this process with us? Because it it's a long one. Yeah. And it's a dance, you know, even just this morning, we're getting pictures from um, our contractor saying, hey, in the drawing, you know, you kind of had a soffit here. Um, it doesn't have that already. I can add it. What was the intention there? And, you know, we're sitting there trying to figure out what happened. Well, they had a, a <laughs> drop down ceiling treatment that we didn't know if it could be removed or not. So it could be removed. And then uh, we're so grateful that we have contractors that will call and say, hey, did you mean to have this sort of dated thing? Uh, we could do it the sort of fresh approach. And we said, absolutely, that's totally would have been our number one pick. Thank you for checking in. So things are little things like that are happening on project sites all day long. And our clients have no idea. And they just walk in and see a beautiful home (laughs) and they don't know that we removed the soffit. And if they compared drawings, they would know it was different. But you really wouldn't. It didn't change the integrity of the design. We're there to maintain that throughout the whole process. So that's definitely something like it's a whole dance and they're not there for half of it. You know, yeah, there's a lot of behind the scene conversations going on with our contractors and lots of FaceTime calls, um, especially early morning. So that's, that's normal. <laughs> Those and contractors get up too early. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Yeah. They're like, well, what time do you want to have a meeting? Our day starts at six. Yeah. And we're like, mm, uh, nine. <laughs> yeah. Nine's a good time. But what's interesting is you, you mentioned that there's such, such a difference between new construction and remodels too. I mean, remodels, you know, how does that factor in when you're working with the client, setting expectations, even how you price it without sharing specific pricing? But 
how do you factor in just the complexity of the project, right? Because I would imagine there's going to be more time, you know, from you going through a remodel, you know, as opposed to a new build. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of our remodel projects in the beginning, they did start out small, just really doing the finishes, new cabinetry, new floors, but they really have evolved from four years ago. And Clara has been a big part of that. Um, joining my team, um, she loves to tackle a good floor plan and make it better. And so we have been able to be super creative there and really take some homes and, you know, take some patio and, you know, make it into a gorgeous master suite. Uh, we widen hallways, we add bathrooms if need be. Um, so we do a lot of fun things like that. And um, this year, it's, it's been a lot of projects like that. So they sometimes are taking as long as new builds, honestly, because of the process, because everything obviously with it, with additions like that has to go through the city and there's an architect, there's engineering involved. Um, and that's a process to get through all those steps. And our contractors are are going through this with us at the same time. So it's really a full team effort. Yeah. And we actually, just to speak to your question specifically, we haven't done a new build yet, but these remodels are so involved and we always laugh. That's going to be the easiest project ever when we have a new build because you it's a fresh slate. Like really these remodel projects are, you know, becoming more and more custom to Melody's point. It basically is a new house at the end of the day because we're changing everything. And last year, a lot of our remodel projects were just in the in the exact building footprint that was there and 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 now we are doing the additions here and the additions there and it's 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 definitely changed how many hours go into it for sure and it's probably double (laughs) we should probably look at that (laughs) you know yeah well it's interesting because i to me it's a lot more talent to be able to go in as i've worked with you know we've done some pretty extensive renovations and when i see the architect and designer go through and what you take the current slate and here's our current you know, template, if you will, that we can work through. And then here's what we're going to make it be. It's really difficult, you know, to envision, you know, how to change floor plans and kitchen layouts and hallways. And, you know, how do you attribute just that knowledge and know-how, Claire? Because that's really complicated, you know, to understand just the structural element and the confines to the existing property as opposed to what you're trying to achieve. Oh, absolutely. Well, I I went to architecture school, so that was what I was trained That's in academically. Yes, so that I I did have a bit of a, a four year cheat sheet there, um, in that education. But really, I have to be honest. I in architecture school, AutoCAD was an elective. It wasn't a core. You know, you didn't have to have it for your degree, which is Wait, odd. What? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so uh, I went to the University of San Francisco and. It was it was an elective, you know, and it wasn't even a whole course on it. It was two weeks on AutoCAD, two weeks on Photoshop. So I really taught myself everything um, at my first job. And, uh, you know, I, I said, oh, I know how to do that. And I didn't. And I just practiced <laughs> and I opened their files all day long and I copied until I figured it out. And I actually think uh, they knew, <laughs> but they appreciated the gumption. Um, and you really just have to like train yourself to do it. And I'm passionate about it. I was drawing floor plans at six years old. Like I've always loved that. So that just kind of came natural there. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not a licensed architect and I, nor do I care to be at this point. Melody always says I should go ahead and, and, and do that extra, um, uh, test to get that done, but it's really not um, something I want the responsibility for. I I really enjoy our 
uh, our relationship with the architect that we work with locally. He's kind of our preferred architect and he's, you know, very established in town and, and people trust him because he, he's, he's been around for a while and he's has no ego, which is great because he'll give us suggestions, but he, at the end of the day, he's happy to incorporate whatever we want, um, you know, <laughs> assuming that it works, <laughs> you know, every now and again, he'll say, you cannot remove that whole thing. <laughs> That is a load-bearing wall. It's holding up the whole house. Yeah. <laughs> but it just makes you be more creative. I actually think with remodels, it forces you to be a little bit more creative. And and also, we're very lucky to have a partnership with our contractor who obviously is along the way going through all these steps. We're sharing all our designs and our conceptual drawings and then uh, meetings with the architect too. So like, like I said, it's a full team because they are complicated. Um, sometimes, and at the end of the day, the, the general contractor and architect are liable for, for everything and they have to be comfortable with it. So, yeah. And it's really important to have architects and contractors that value you, you know, in Las Vegas, it's kind of funny because we have all the casinos and you have these big firms that are doing casinos. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they get a lot of respect and it's almost, I wouldn't say looked down upon in town, but it's not considered the same echelon as being a commercial casino designer build firm. Um, but we, it, it is a lot of responsibility and it's a lot of um, people's money. Like it's not the billion dollar properties, but these are, people are spending one and a half, two million dollars to create their dream home. And, and we take that very seriously. So uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. Actually, when we say it out loud, it sounds a lot more <laughs> involved. It is, you know, on the day to day you get in the weeds, but. Yeah. yeah, and I can appreciate that, just having work on it from my side. So how did you find, you know, the architect you speak of and the contractor, you know, building that relationship? You know, how that how did that come to fruition? Because we all know that to have a good team and the good experience for the client, they need to have all three parties, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. coordinated from the beginning, right? It helps you be successful as well. Absolutely. We um, got hired to do a, it, it's still in progress, design is complete, but it's under construction. We got hired to do a full remodel from with one of our clients and he had hired the architect before us and that's how we were introduced to him. Um, and our general contractor also uh, was like right away, like, oh, this guy is great to work with and mm-hmm. super easy. Picks up the so, phone. <laughs> picks up the phone, really important. So from that point moving forward, we um, referred him to all our new clients that didn't have an architect and needed one. So that's how that happened. And we've had other clients who've <laughs> hired an architect before us and, and and we actually feel really bad. We have one project where he he's still, you know, we had a meeting last week. The house has been demoed for two years. Uh, and Wait, the house has been demoed for two years? Yes, and it was not, they have one GC doing the build out, our GC doing the finishes, and then they had this architect he he thinks he's all three. He thinks he's the contractor, the designer, and the architect, and the client. Actually, really, so uh, so, so pretty seamless process. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But he, you know, we had a walkthrough last week, and he said, "Oh, I'm thinking a a 48 inch fridge will go great here." And we're thinking we have two 36s, and they've been in town for a year. Yeah, <laughs> like you need to, you know. But he didn't respect our 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 trade. You know, he didn't want to look at our drawings and 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 apply that because he you know he wanted to be kind of in charge but it's it's it just speaks to how important it is to have people that are team players full team absolutely and and having that communication and respecting you know basically who's responsible for what Mm -hmm. so so maybe break down this part because you're you're working with a lot of different professional 
entities, you're working with the customer. You know, from a three-part question here, like what makes ideal client, right? As you're looking for a client, what what makes that ideal scenario? What makes the contractor a good contractor for you and the architect, right? As you think in a perfect scenario, having all three elements, you know, what are different things that they may do or not do, you know, to help that process? Yeah, absolutely. Well, most, I would say probably 100% of our projects that we do are coming through the design firm, House of Four. Um, they're reaching out directly to us, which is great. And um, so with that, um, we actually have them set up an appointment with Clara and I to do a design consult and we meet them at their project really to go over the scope. And we're really, they're interviewing us and we're interviewing them, obviously. And lots of questions are answered. Um, we do um, some education there as far as not really, we we let them know we can't give our pricing cost without a design, which is really interesting because a lot of our clients, they're super successful in their own right. They don't understand that, which is I always find that interesting, you know, so we explain that, explain that process, how the process is going to work and really look at the scope and come back to our office. And we we talk it over and decide if this is a project that um, we think will be great for the team. And then we send over a design proposal. So, I mean, there's many things involved. Um, obviously, things, you know, time frame has to work. Um some sort of a, a budget that we understand um, that is realistic starting point at. Um, also aesthetics, um, you know, we're assuming that they're reaching out to us because they love our aesthetics, but sometimes, you know, uh, maybe they just came across us um, over Google or something. So we like mm -hmm. to make sure we're on the same page there. Obviously personalities. Um, and I think that's a process through experience. Um, I've learned a lot. Uh, running this business uh, for several years now, I used to say yes, yes to every single client. And now I've learned that, you know, it really does need to be a match. And it's okay to say no, if you feel it's not going to work out, and they're not going to be the ideal client for you. Um, so all of those, I wouldn't say boxes, but they kind of do have to check off and it has to feel good. And, and then we will send them our proposal and, and go from there and see yeah. if they're interested in working with us yeah and the archetype really is we've found the the secret sauce that every single client that we love it's usually a couple it's usually they both have their own passions and their own things that they work on and then they tr they trust a professional to do what they do best because a lot of them are the professionals that are the best in their field and they see value in that so for us that's a that's a box that we don't always make sure it's checked, which sometimes backs, backfires, but now we're pretty stern on making sure that those boxes are checked because it's, it's, it's a marriage, you know, we're, we're in bed with these people for sometimes years. So it's, it's uh, important to make sure that the archetype makes sense with us because we're, we have our own personalities, you know, like Melody and I have very distinct, we're opinionated, we're, we're honest with people and it, that doesn't work for everybody. So it's, it's, it's a two-way street. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to, to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. 
Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their their company culture, their integrity, their honesty. You know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. For those of you that have listened to the podcast, you know how big of a fan we are of Build-A-Trend and that we have used this software for the last four years. And many of the guests that we've brought on the podcast are also Build-A-Trend users. And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with escalation pricing, lead times, tracking, organization, all of us need a good project management software to help simplify and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects because of that organization, especially at pre-construction. And Build-A-Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops you know, to help us use our software effectively. They also have the podcast, The Building Code. To learn more, head to buildertrend.com backslash AFT to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Build-A-Trend account. That's 60 days to make sure you love this product with no pressure, and I know you will. I look back at my experience vetting clients, kind of similar, right? And like Melody said, like you want every job, especially when you're starting a company and you're trying to figure out, you know, kind of your niche, if you will. Um, but I was, I, there's a builder in town, Rod Collum, um, who was kind of a mentor for me. And I was at a, a meeting with him and he made the comment. He said, look, th- for us and you, I mean, it's very common that we could be with our clients for three years. I mean, I have a couple of clients right now where it's like two years of design, two and a half years of design, two and a half year build. I mean, it's a four oh, and a half wow. year project. And he said, was it like most marriages last like on average, like three years or something? I don't know, something like <laughs> so he's like, it's very common that, you know, our build is longer than most marriages like stay intact. And you think about just how important that is that there's respect and coordination and understanding and expectation set with your client and yourself. Because again, it, it, you think about how complex that relationship is, you know, over those few years. And I'm sure over time, that's something, you know, I look back at my business and I always when I ask guests, you know, what do you wish you knew when you started your business? I know for me, pricing is one thing, but understanding how to vet a client and make sure it's a good fit, you know, is just super key. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. And th- from your side, I mean, maybe this is design camp too, going back to design camp, like were there things you learned there, maybe you've learned over the years, you're looking back saying, I, I wish I knew this day one, you know, and here we are finding this out now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I think Clara just mentioned it. Um, I only thought about it this year, believe it or not. I was thinking, what is our ideal client? And I started writing down um, some of our projects that we've done that I, I'm i like, okay, it went perfectly. And it, it, it did go perfectly, but I think it was because the relationship was perfect. It was a good fit. 
So therefore, everything worked. Um, they got along with our contractor. Um, you know, they respected our, you know, um, being professionals and taking the lead, basically. I think that's super important. And um, I think I, I learning from Design Camp and um, one of the keynote speakers spoke about it. She said, oh, my ideal client is, you know, two professionals. And I was like, wow, I think that's mine too. You know, so I do do keep that in mind. But at the same time, um, I'm st- always open. And I'm just because somebody doesn't work in the family doesn't mean to say that I'm not going to take them seriously as a client. But I do think for us, that's an ideal client. Two working professionals because um, we'll take the lead and they're busy working on their careers, you know, whether, you know, their parents and working on their businesses. And that's what we're there to to do and to accomplish a task for them and, a, you know, a, complete a project for them. Yeah. And it's really interesting, too, just like our personalities. It's so funny. Uh, I left design camp feeling like, oh, well, there you know, there's people that are a little bit ahead of us, but there's people that are far behind. And she came back. She's like, we're doing everything wrong. <laughs> so it's just sort of funny. Like, you know, it's it's it it design camp was good to shed light on things like that. I think, you know, it's sort of like, OK, where am I at in the in this the spectrum of what it means to be a designer today and in our town, which is like we said, it's a smaller pool. But, um, you know, I think we're excited for our our new shop that's opening to have events and 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 spread that kind of love and 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 have other people have us as a resource and we would have loved to have gone to something like what we're creating um early on in in our careers and so I think kind of gathering all that information and applying it has sort of set us up for the next step as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting you say that because, so truth be told, so Lindsay may know this, she may not, but when I had her on maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, I'm not sure when it was, but she was doing design camp and that inspired me like in speaking with her and just collaborating to do like our contractor coalition summit, which is essentially very similar. You know, we, we, we meet at a destination, we have, you know, 30, 40 builders come, you know, and it's very similar, you know, we're diving through a lot of the same things you do at design camp, just focus on the construction side. And what's interesting is you get a lot of feedback, right? And you get a lot of understanding and things. Oh, I can apply this and this education. But a, a big thing at these events are you collaborate with other builders. You're collaborating with other designers at design camp. And you both leave with different ideas. You know, Melly's like, we got to change all this stuff. It's <laughs> like, we're in a good spot, you know, it's good to understand. But but the thing is, I'm sure there's a lot of relationships that were built that now you have more collaboration on, you know, especially as you build to the future. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. And it's it's okay to run your business differently from another design firm. Um, I, I I think I was just emotional and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing everything wrong. Where was where was the, the list of um, yeah. checklist? But I think I've learned that we are creating a little bit of a different business. Um, still same results um, as another design firm, but we just have a different way of doing it and it works for us. Um, because you can't do everything on your own. And I am so lucky to have Clara on my design team and then have a full construction company there to support all our projects. Um, and then now um, a shop to facilitate, you know, all the logistics of our orders and that. Um, and then offer, of course, um, retail for the public. So it's exciting, you know. And Melody's ability to have a team and 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 keep good people around her was actually one of the things 
that ignited our love story. <laughs> uh, so I, I've always admired that about her. She's very good about finding a person that's good at what they do and honest and fair and, and easy to work with and kind of keep them around and, and make sure she's feeding them business and 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 making sure that they're uh you know feeling welcome in our team whether or not they install wallpaper two three times a year or if they're um creating homes and making projects come to life you know she's really good about weeding those people out well i i want to get into that because i think that's a unique talent melody you know to be able to understand and collaborate and then have trust and empowerment right with your people it's definitely a unique skill set i want to get into the shop too but before we do that how did how did you two meet i mean especially claire from your side you know, the the relationship with House of Four and Melody and how that began and then, you know, to what it is now. Yeah, no, we, we laugh about this all the time. <laughs> this is like uh, when we go out and have wine, we, we laugh about this. But uh, from my perspective, I, you know, I had graduated architecture school in San Francisco. I really always wanted to come back to Las Vegas. And for years, I had followed Melody on Instagram. And uh, I always enjoyed her content because she was very... Um, you know, she was on project sites and she was, uh, you know, showing things getting installed. And I was working at a really high end commercial slash residential firm. And I was it was super, uh, you know, it was a feather in my cap. And I felt like, wow, I really went out there and and got out there in the design world. And uh, at the end of the day, I was sitting at a desk all day and I never saw any of these wonderful projects come to life. And, you know, some of the projects were being shot on, you know, for Vogue, and I had never stepped foot in them. So it's sort of hard to have a a romance story with a project when you've never stepped foot in it. And really, you're just sort of applying other people's decisions. It's not very uh, inspiring for a young creative who's like trying to break into the business. But I really learned a lot. Like I said, I'm so grateful because I taught myself AutoCAD and all these other things that set me up for when I... (laughs) came home because I was so sick of living in San Francisco I I reached out to her and I said hey like I don't know if you're hiring this is my resume um you know I I really would love to work for you I don't know if you're even interested in that and so this is the part of the story where we we laugh because I always tease I'm like she never called me back for like (laughs) months you know and I and I was at such an insecure time for me because I had moved home I was still doing some remote work so it wasn't like I didn't have a job but I really wanted to break into something at home be on project sites really help somebody build something up and and put some blood sweat and tears and sweat equity and really kind of create that but I I I always joke I'm I'm like I manifested Melody I don't know if she realizes that you know if I could have dreamt of my dream position um at that time it was what I was doing so uh so but she has another side of that story which actually she just shared with me recently (laughs) yeah I mean I'm obviously it's it's such an honor that and I feel like it's divine it's meant to be that Clara reached out and I'm so grateful for her um she really is part of my family um I think at the time I definitely was doing everything on my own and I have always struggled with confidence being sure of myself so for me it was just a matter of wow, do I have enough projects, enough stability to bring on another person onto my team and be responsible for for them and and have enough opportunities and, and struggling really to believe in myself. So uh, it, it took me a little while to reply back. Um, and honestly, when Clara sent her resume, I was like, wow, why would why would she want to work for me? Like, do I have enough going on? 
Um, but then when we did meet, um, I was just like, oh my gosh, um, this is meant to be. Our personalities were in line and you know, she's really helped to grow our business and I consider her part of my business and and I we've done so many exciting projects together. So it's wonderful to have that because it it can be lonely doing it on your own. Um, and I don't miss those days. Yeah. Um, so I'm super grateful to have her yeah. on my team. Oh, thanks, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. I, I think there's a lot of points there to dissect is that, you know, as a business owner, Melody, it is, it's, it's really tough to know, am I at the right position to hire? Am I ready to hire? Do I have the confidence? Do I have the systems? Whatever it may be. And more importantly, I mean, you're probably like many of us, when you bring someone on, you, you care about the person. You don't want to just bring someone on, hire them to fire them. Like you want to have the work and the bandwidth and you know the the runway if you will right and Absolutely. you know it's a fine balance you know and part of that too is just understanding that if I bring someone talented like Claire on well that's going to allow me different clientele it's going to allow me more versatility and so it can open up doors that may not have been there in the past right um, and then from like Claire's side it's like well I've been big on this forever on this podcast like chase experience not money she's chasing experience she's realizing that it's not fulfilling you know her you know her ideal you know, career path, but at the end of the day, she's gaining tremendous experience. And now she can apply that as she now her, takes her vision board and she gets to the company. And now here you are, now you have everything rolling. And there's so much behind the scenes to the success that you both have had today. Um, how, how has that changed? You know, bringing Claire on, right? I'm sure there was some understanding of roles. You know, how have you really understood your roles to be successful? Because you have amazing energy, you have amazing coordination and chemistry, which is not common right so how have you yeah. done that especially as you've kind of learned each other's um you know strength and weaknesses per se yeah I mean I I just think it was very organic and still is organic um Clara and I are about 25 years apart um so <laughs> Clara is an old soul and she knows that about herself um so we get along really very well and obviously you know we love design and we have very similar aesthetics um so I think that's really important and the energy, you know, between us, um, it's because it's a tough business. There are just so many things that you have to balance and manage on a daily, on a daily, you know, basis. Basis, yeah. yeah. Well, and I'll say about Melody, she's an A type. Will do the best. Will work harder. Will stay longer. She, that's her personality. And at the beginning, I think she had a hard time, sort of letting go some of her responsibilities because why would she because she's the one that made it happen she's the one that she's the reason we have clients that come back and the instagram so successful and she built all this so when you built it to a certain point it's hard to let go of some of that and especially when you're a creative person like uh, we joke all the time like we share the responsibility pretty much of social media and you know when she does something I'm it's like you get a little possessive of things like we laugh this morning she's like uh, I think I got 45,000 followers before you <laughs> took over Instagram <laughs> but you know it's just funny you're a cre it's a creative person thing and and we're we're close enough with each other where you know if something comes up we can get through it but yeah no definitely I think like working through what things you were willing to like release a little bit of control over but I think it's helped us grow you know when she had a little bit more time to focus on other things and not worrying about getting something rendered I'm like I got that I'll put the presentation together I'll render it you worry about making sure it's a fabulous furnishing composition and making sure the finishes all work with each other double check my work like it, we we definitely feed off of each other so that's evolved and grown yeah, over time absolutely yeah 
I really love that. And you can just see how you speak about each other, right? That there's that chemistry, which is huge. And and again, that, you know, plays hand in hand. Why, why the shop? You know, this is really tough as, as a business, you know, you want to expand and grow whatever that means to each individual. And there's complexities in run design business, but now you have more complexities opening your own shop and retail space, you know, the thought behind it. And I, I, you alluded to this earlier about events, right? So there's collaboration you intend to do, you know, so how does this play a role just arm in arm with what you're doing now? Um, well, we partnered up with our general contractors. So we are um, all owners of our shop that we're busy building right now. It should be opening up in a couple of months. But it came to a point where we were all working out of our homes. I have a little studio, um, part of an extension of my home. And, you know, with the furniture, um, all the deliveries coming in, uh, storage was an issue. There was an issue for my general contractor too. And I have been doing all my furniture orders through my friend, who I'm super grateful for, but I was starting to outgrow that. So we kind of all got together and decided, let's, you know, do this together. And yeah, it's, it's scary too, but we are hoping that we're our own best clients. Um, and then of course, you know, we'll be open to the public as well. Yeah, but um, our officers will run out of it. We'll have control of our receivables too, um, and having more control over that and making sure that you know all the boxes are checked off for our projects. I think is super super important, and to be able to grow a team to facilitate that as well, yeah. so that we can do uh, things that really are important that that are more important for us to continue doing on running the business and growing the business. And another thing that gave us confidence with that, like Melody mentioned, like kind of the business plan is you know we we run this amount through the companies anyways and if we become dealers of these things these products that we love and put in every house you know our general contractor he said you know by the fifth uh you know rep that told me i'm their best client i'm starting to think okay well if i'm everybody's best client like why shouldn't i be my own best client so uh we're definitely um we're all very seasoned in those areas and, and, and Melody's worked really hard building relationships with Sub-Zero, relationships with all these other, you know, for years, Serena and Lily, like she's always been very um, uh, uh, loved by those brands because she believes in, believes in them, uses them. And we think that's why clients trust us because we're not just putting in a faucet that we would never use. You know, we're putting in stuff that we would we use and love all the time. So I think it's it's hopefully going to grow a culture and it in it of its own because we can't service everybody and we have people reach out that just want you know to accessorize the shelves in their bathroom and you know we're a little beyond that at this point but of course we would love to do it on a saturday if we were just hanging out and we were girlfriends but we're not you know so it's yep. uh so it's it's definitely a way to service people that want to hire us but maybe can't people that maybe like some of our stuff but don't wouldn't necessarily hire us to do everything for their home you know it's and uh, professionals, you know, other professionals, there's, you know, Las Vegas, we have big, beautiful billion dollar projects on the strip and we have horrible showrooms. We have nothing inspiring to go to. We have nobody tries. Everybody throws up the rack with all the samples and uh, and calls it a day. And, and, and we care a little bit more about that experience. So, yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. So it sounds like, I mean, of course, well, maybe we break this down a little bit. I know from a designer side. Like people don't realize a lot of these companies that you're purchasing for your clients, like they can't deliver to residential address. So that's one mm -hmm. problem because they can't get their big trucks in the residential neighborhoods. So you need like a commercial address, right? Mm -hmm. And so delivery, you know, handling is a big thing. Storage and 
as you mentioned, the inventory when it comes, tracking it and making sure it's not damaged. I mean, there's a lot of complexity when you're putting, I don't know, 100, 200, 300 pieces in a house. It can be very complex. So I understand that aspect, you know, especially the com- complication, the design that you run, but the retail side. So it's interesting. Is so ideally, not only do you have your own clientele, but you may pick up some retail customers that'll come in and then purchase, which helps your buying power and everything else as you're building your brand. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Our showroom um, will be selling, it basically is a one show stop. So we'll be selling everything from cabinetry to countertops to towel, plumbing, furnishings, decor, textiles, um, artwork. So yeah, we're really excited. Um, that will be able to offer that to our community. Yeah, and it was important to us to have a section where you there is merchandise that you can go home with, but obviously we know we can't put every cabinet that you know exists in every plumbing fixture, although our GC <laughs> and our partner has tried to fit as much plumbing fixtures as he can into this showroom and we had to cut them off. Uh, but you know, it, we wanted it to feel like a home. The, the showroom total square footage is about 7,000 square feet. And then we have 4,500 square feet of finished space ceilings. Um, and it's, it's set up like a home. Um, you know, kind of, if you walk the perimeter, we have a kitchen vignette, a family room vignette, a dining room vignette. Um, and along kind of the spine of the, of the build out, we have our different departments. We have a wood flooring department, tile department, plumbing department, and then accent lighting department. So all of that's going on. And then we have our offices, you know, it's, it's quite a a lot to fit in, but we think it's going to, you know, really show people like what you can do. Uh, and, and maybe you just stop in, you're looking for wood floors, but Hey, maybe you want to try that paneled wall. And, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. We just, we're there to inspire. We're, We're definitely there to sell things that you can grab and go, but we're also there to sell and showcase things that we love and use all the time that people are always asking us for. So inspiration behind that, because I'd imagine, I mean, there is definitely a revenue side, right? Which is important in any company. You have to be able to, you know, pay the bills and and sustain and everything else that goes in being a business owner. Uh, How do you see that as like building the brand and just your relationships, as you mentioned, like with vendors and partners and architects and the design community itself? Yeah. um, House Supply and Company will be an extension of our brand, House of Forward Design and our business partner is CNM. So it's definitely an extension of those services and the looks that we love to create and bring in. And we'll, you know, Claire and I love to go shopping. So <laughs> the sure will definitely be. Who doesn't, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, our showroom, our shop will be an extension of that. And, you know, we'll be able to be creative on what we're showcasing and bringing in new merchandise. Um, for our, our shop. So that's really exciting. And um, so I think as a brand, we're trying to connect um, those three, um, but the house supplying company will be the retail end of the business. Yeah. And it was a way for us to showcase what we do. And I actually, going back to the very beginning as well, when I first went to Melody's house, wasn't this house, it was the house before, but um, I said, I don't feel like I'm in Las Vegas. You know, Las Vegas has really struggled for years with what its identity is because because of the casinos, you know, people, they build custom homes and they have it look like a casino, you know, because <laughs> they, they don't know what else to do. There's no other inspiration. We don't have these 100-year-old, 200-year-old homes with all this character. Like, we're really having white boxes that we're in- injecting with character. And um, so for us, I think kind of, seeing that in person for me it was it was it was important to see her home in person versus on instagram because you you get the feel so a big inspiration for doing the build out and doing the beautiful 
you know, finishes in, in a warehouse at the end of the day, it was it's to create that feel so people get it. You know, they're like, oh, that's why you spend a hundred thousand on a kitchen, you know, because <laughs> you walk in and you feel good and it, it changes, you know, to Melody's point earlier, like it changes your life, you know, the way you move throughout a space. I mean, I know working from her home has always been so inspirational because you you don't feel like you're in Las Vegas and you you know you can pretend you're you know in Italy somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Get inspired well, by yeah. our trips for sure. Yeah, I, I think I can relate because in, I mean we are pretty fortunate in Scottsdale now and it's evolved, designs evolved. There's some amazing designers and you know the architecture here is changing. Mm-hmm. You know, but probably similar to you, I mean what's tough about the desert area, kind of a new community, so there's a lot of track homes. You know, we had a de-Tuscanized because that Tuscan style was like so common everywhere. So right. I'm sure that's opened up some opportunities. So for you, you know, as you think about marketing strategy, you mentioned that you're doing something right because you get a lot of repeat clients. So there's a personality and design aesthetic that you have that relates to them and emotional journey, right? Um, where do you find other clients? You know, how does that clientele, how are you marketing to them? Yeah, I well, most a lot of our clients that I've I personally experienced that come from different parts of the country. Um, so we have a lot of East Coast clients, a lot of California clients, and they are definitely looking um, for design that what they are used to. And I personally appreciate, um, you know, I love classic design. So we'll do, you know, projects where they'll we'll focus on paneled walls and bring in ceiling treatments and bring in those details. And the, it's just going to make the furniture and the decor shine, mm-hmm. obviously. So I think that's important. Um, and I personally remember moving to Las Vegas, um, and I wasn't in the design business at the time. Um, I actually was a dancer in a show on the strip, a professional dance show, and I was lucky enough to buy my first home and it was a, just a track home, but I was super proud and excited and it was a lot of money for me at the time. And I remember asking, you know, the track when I went to the design center, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And it was all no's. And I remember taking that and going, wait, I'm going to do this myself. And I, I customized as much as I could with my my dancer career budget um, and, and did that home to home and basically fell in love with the design. And I was like, well, me and my contractor, we can offer this to potential clients, which is kind of how we created our two companies and grew it. Mm-hmm. So there definitely was a lack of that. I personally felt it. And it is just being fun to take that that personal journey and be able to offer it to other people. And um, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely like an ally and a resource for people that want that look in town because people will There's tell you no. Lot. Yeah, we we have uh, clients that we did, you know, their full home and, and they, they did the backyard kind of without us. And then they came back, they said, well, we shouldn't have done it without you. We're, <laughs> we're going to do it right th- this time, right? Will you come with us to our appointment? And the pool builder, you know, he just, he wants to do the same thing he's done for years. And it's, you know, he's like, oh, this is really popular. And we're like, yeah, because nobody else <laughs> knows yeah. what to do. And he fought us. He uh, got a chuckle out of us yeah. too. We try and make it as fun as possible these appointments oh for sure but we were like we really want white brick uh and he's like you can't do white brick that'll look terrible and then of course we're like pulling up pictures we're like that looks terrible and the wife's like no i want that you know i love that and uh he fought us for i would think the whole half hour meeting and then he put it into his rendering software and he said actually that looks pretty good (laughs) so uh you know it's it's you know that's another benefit of hiring us designer i think specifically in town because we're gonna if you if someone's telling you no you're asking the wrong person so yeah and also as designers we are 
being helpful to the contractor or the pool builder for sourcing. Uh, he, for example, was like, I, I can't do white brick. No, you're not going to do white brick. You're going to, and he would have other ideas. Well, what about this porcelain? It looks like brick. And we're like, no, that does not look like brick, sir. <laughs> that looks like tile. So, <laughs> you know, I think uh, it's, it's our city's changing. Our, our town is changing and it's, it's fun to be able to help and, and bring that service not only to pool builders, but also to our clients, obviously, and help them create that look that they really have in their mind, but they're t- constantly getting told no, no, like I was getting told when I first built my first exactly. home. So, And to shape the city is like such a cool thing. Like it's kind of fun, you know, I keep saying it'll be a cool day, a sad day, but a cool day. Like when you see a project we've done go up on Zillow, like to me, that's kind of cool. Like you're shaping the city a little bit, you know, inch by inch, but yeah. We're making what needs it? Vegas needs it. It <laughs> needs your your talent and expertise. There's no doubt. Oh, thanks. Aww, thanks. So before we end this, you know, um, what inspired you to get in design? I mean, for you, Clara, like what inspired you to go to architecture school and get in design? And Melody, it sounds like, you know, you maybe didn't know about this career path and then realized, hey, I'm really talented. Here we go. Yeah. I mean, when I went to school, there, there was no schools for designers. So um, I grew up in South Africa and... Um, I there was definitely signs I didn't understand them at the time and nobody in my family was in the design business or or a contractor or anything but I did fully design my bedroom as a little girl and you know did a custom paint color and I remember my mom saying it's the only pretty room in the house is my daughter (laughs) I had two sisters as well um so I think there was always those signs and I uh did a lot of dance classes growing up and eventually became a professional dancer. So I did a lot of traveling through my dance career and also went to college at the same time. And I got to live in Europe and Asia and Japan and had all these wonderful experiences and fell in love with design, but never knew that, you know, I I could figure it out how to do it on my own. So finally, I did land up in Las Vegas in a show on the Strip and uh, bought, like I said, bought my first home and started working on it and really loved that process and sold it. And then the next home I did it again and next home I did it again after that. So learned so much through those experiences. And I I do remember, you know, asking, you know, different people, you know, that were I was close to the time. Do you think I could be a designer? Could I do something like this? And it was a lot of like, nope, I don't think that's that's in your cards, you know. So there was a lot of rejection in that way, which um, so sad. It's sad because yeah. <laughs> I that's the one thing that I always encourage young people or it doesn't even matter if if you're, you know, have had two careers already. If there's something that you feel passionate about, definitely go for it because um, it's okay to have several careers like like myself. I feel like every career I had, um, I did learn something from it and I could bring that to my business that I that I have now. So I think for me, it was just a, a journey and experience and no regrets there. Um, it definitely was my journey, whereas Clara's was was so different from mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny. Any creative person you talk to, especially an interior designer, we have very similar stories. Like I said, I, I had a dream house box. You know, I was always artistic, but I had a dream house box and I would cut things out and I made my mom get me graph paper and I was drawing floor plans and I was like, oh, this is going to be a U-shaped you know, house. And my mom's like, okay, whatever. You know, I lived in the same house, you know, my whole childhood. And I was constantly redoing my room. I would steal my mom's 
bed cover and put it in my room and she was like no give that back you know um even family members i would say oh mom their bedroom is so we need to go and remodel their bedroom and my mom would take me to do it i actually look back i think it's kind of funny because she enjoys it too um but i've just always been that way and um my mom actually she had more um kids when i was 12 so she i have twin sisters and she just wanted to get out of the house and she took a, a an architecture class at the community college, and she, it was right around the time I was going to school. And she said, "You know, this is really artistic." And I, you know, I, I'd always done art, and I and I loved art. I loved to paint. I loved to, you know, draw. I love all that stuff. Um, and she said, "I think you should consider this for, you know, um, for college because I'm not sending you to interior design school." you know, I'm just not, she said, you can go to architecture school and then you can work as an interior designer. That's fine. Um, and it ended up being the best, uh, career advice, uh, second to my dad saying you will go work and intern for the best design firm in your college city. (laughs) You know, those two coupled together really set me up to, to be able to, um, to come back and, and kind of, demand what I want, whether or not it was going to happen. You know, she could have said, no, I don't want to work with you or I'm not looking to hire. And it would have changed my trajectory. But all that stuff really gave me the confidence because I was so intentional about this is what I want to do. And this is how I want to spend my time. And, and, and I had the luxury of working at a small firm with a toxic boss and working at a big (laughs) firm with a great boss. But, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's so I've, I've done all those things early on in my career, which is why I feel so happy and content and grateful to be where I am today. And, 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 and Melody's allowed me to sort of spread my wings and, and kind of get further than I might have otherwise. You know, she, she laughs all the time. She says, Clara, really? You're going to make me sell this $5,000 sink to the clients? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's so gorgeous. <laughs> so, uh, so that's, that's definitely like our paths, but um, continues to, the story's still being written. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think what's important from both your stories, I mean, the same thing is true is passion, right? If you have passion for it, if you believe in it, it doesn't matter whether you're told no or whether you have a different career path. I mean, it's it's brought that together. So that's pretty neat to hear. So what do you both do for fun outside of design? Well, um, I uh, we're both family orientated. I have two kids, so I love to spend time with them where I can. Um, so keep busy there. Uh, we love to go to restaurants. Lucky enough, we live in an amazing city with gorgeous, amazing restaurants, amazing chefs. Yeah. A lot of good food. A lot yes. of good food. Love to travel when we can, uh, you know, for inspiration and just to kind of get out of the city. Super important. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. But we're definitely family design. I mean, we're workaholics. We really are like, we like to just continue hanging out at the end of the day and, you know, we'll move on to Melody's dining room. She'll say, what about this wallpaper? And then we're like, oh, yeah, that'll look fantastic with that noir sideboard. You know, it's a, so that's fun for us, too. Like, we really whistle while we work, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And I know what's upcoming and exciting. You have this amazing um, showroom that will be finished, you know, your new office. Anything else to share? Yeah, it's exciting. Well, we have some uh, tons of projects that we're excited to hopefully be finishing up soon construction wise and some new ones that were in design. So that's exciting. Um, hopefully we'll be sharing more of that soon in the future. Yeah. And yeah, and we'll just... be hitting it hard with marketing for House Supply & Co. and in getting that business up and running and making sure we're tending to all of our babies. And, yeah. <laughs> and just we're going to be working really hard this next year. So hopefully it looks like it at the end of it. <laughs> well, we're super excited to follow along. So where can our listeners find you? 
We're House of Four Design on Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube. Uh, we have a TikTok. It's, you know, it's it needs a little love, but <laughs> definitely, you know, Instagram is probably the number one spot you want to go and Pinterest. We're, we're, we definitely try to keep up on our Pinterest. So, yeah. And our website is houseofwordesign.com. Oh, yes. And the website. <laughs> Well, Melody and Claire, you've been amazing. Grateful to have met you at the Sub-Zero showroom and gratefully made time to come on the podcast today. So thank you. Thank, thank you for you having so us. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.